Hello, this is Mark Tucker. And I'm Alan Furstenberg. Welcome to Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. How's it going, Mark? <laughs> it's going fine. Yeah. Good to hear. <laughs> what have you been up to recently? Anything exciting? Oh, man. Uh, just uh, continuing on. I've got a, a side project that I'm working on that's getting close to being released. So I'll, once, once it is, I'll, I'll tell everybody about it. But uh, uh, things are going that well there and, and at work. Lots of, lots of stuff to code. Lots of, tell me about it. I know exactly what you mean about both side projects and work projects. <laughs> so your interview last week, you had, uh, you're doing some great interviews these days. Oh, it was a, a good experience. It, and I just really felt like I should open up about some of my uh, voice journey and, you know, on the ups and the downs, we all have them and just trying to be out there. Maybe, maybe it helps somebody who's struggling um, as well uh, know that they're not the only one out there. No, I agree. You know, development as a whole is, it's always, you know, constantly shifting and constantly trying to find what, what works for you and then watching everything change suddenly. So it's always an experience. Yeah, one of the experiences uh, that I've been thinking about recently is um, in, the, in the terms of authentication. <laughs> so um, so uh, at work, we have a, um, a project, and, uh, and this isn't our only uh, time that I've hit a project where we've had authentication and, and wanted to use account linking, um, but we also wanted to try to use something new from Alexa called uh, apt app account linking. And we ended up uh, not being able to do that. There were some technical limitations, and so we did something else. Um, so I don't know, should we talk about authentication today? Authentication is always, it's always challenging and tricky. And, you know, uh, last time when we talked about general permissions, we kind of said, that's going to need to be a whole other show. You know, I guess this is the whole other show we get to talk about it. So sure. Yeah. So, um, you know, when I was a kid, I read the, the story, Tell the Two Cities, it was required reading. And it starts out with, this was the best of times and the worst of times. Um, I feel like account linking is the tell of two logins, and uh, it's got some similarities there. So, and 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 I always find account linking on these systems to be you you think you know it you, you you're mm -hmm. so close, and yet so far away. So, um, maybe you can share your experience on uh, how Google does um, what I think what. We call account linking. I don't know. Do you officially call it account linking? Now, now Google calls it account linking as well. So, so there's a okay. there's at least something we have in common. And I think actually this is a place we're going to have uh, again a lot in common and yet some interesting divergences. Um, and it's funny because account linking was one of the things that I've helped a lot of people out on when it comes mm -hmm. to, to the Google side of things. So Google currently breaks it down into three, actually three and a half different categories. So they have um, the best way to approach things is what they call Google sign-in. And this is directly coordinated with all of Google's, Google's other sign-in products. So that also works the same way with Google sign-in for mobile and it works with Google sign-in for the web. So all of these products work the same together and they work together. So if you have an app and you permit people to sign into one of them, and they do, they're automatically signed in across the board. So whether that's yeah. mobile, web, or voice, you sign in in any one of those places, and you're good to go everywhere, which is fantastic. 
Um, yeah, that is that is definitely something that we don't have on the Alexa side. It's it's one of those advantages of uh, Google owning so many <laughs> different properties. I think. Right? Yeah. Well, Alexa has a pretty big property of its own that it's attached to, or could be attached to. Yeah. Um, then they have and and Google sign in and Google sign in for assistance is actually relatively recent. It's only been uh, a couple of years since it was first announced and and put into production. Um, they also have that came in with that is something they call and this is convoluted name, OAuth based Google sign in streamlined linking, which is a nice mouthful. That, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that sounds like a. a a great answer to some crazy question on for voice developers. <laughs> um, and, and basically what it kind of boils down to is if you have an existing account system that you've got some flexibility with, and sometimes your users will sign in with Google sign in for it, and sometimes they may not have, this is a good way to kind of bridge that gap. So it says, you know, in some cases, you can streamline things. But in other cases, uh, you know, we can streamline things not nearly as much. And in some other cases, maybe we'll have to redirect the user to your website okay. or to your mobile app to do the sign-in process. But as yeah. much as possible, let's, let's try to make things easy, but we have some fallback methods where, where we can't. All right, so let's like uh, pull back. Um, let me, let me give one more. Oh. Let me give one more, and that's the third level, where oh, yeah. and this is what they originally released as account linking, and that's basically OAuth account linking. Okay. Where it says, you run an OAuth server somewhere because of course you run an OAuth server somewhere because doesn't everybody run an OAuth server somewhere? Um, and when no. Yeah, and when the user needs to log into your service, we will redirect them to your OAuth service to log in. And kind of the big picture, and that's what hung people up for the, the longest period of time. And the biggest problem there is, lots of people are used to setting up OAuth from the client side. Yeah. So, you know, we'll we just redirect to our authentication server that's running somewhere and not mm -hmm. thinking about, well, okay, what does it mean to run an OAuth server? And, and that's usually where people got tripped up. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I wanted to like just pull back a little bit and say, well, you know, why would we use account linking, right? What's the, what's the, the benefit? Um, and the, the idea is, is that you already have some system that somebody's logging into, you know, let's say before um, voice experience and was available. And so now you want to be able to access all their data and you want when they start up their um, skill or action to in essence log in to that same account so then that all of those, all that greatness that you already have uh, available for that person is available to them. But you wanna do it in a way that they don't have to log in physically every time that they start up the voice experience and that's where account linking comes in. You do it once um, at the beginning of the experience uh, and then you know days and weeks and months you know as long as you're using this voice experience whenever you start it up it implies that you're already logged in as that person and then you have access to the information and what it really means behind the scenes more likely than not is that you've got uh, user records or transaction tables or other things that um, are needed to access to and that's all keyed off to some 
ID. It could be the user's email address. It could be some unique ID. And your voice app needs to know what that piece of unique information mm -hmm. is so that it can call the APIs and act as if it's that person. I, I, would, I would even pull out you know, just a slight step further okay. because there are probably lots of people who are developing voice apps for the first time who are, who are then saying, well, I don't have an existing account system. Why do I care? I mean, you know, Amazon will give me a user ID and Google, I can either, I can fake a user ID. That's not a problem. And I, I think the big reason is that account linking lets us tie that account to an identity, to, to a person. And even if we don't know their name, we might get their email address. You know, there, there are things about the, the linked account that are important to us so that if, if, you know, if we're providing them customer service and, you know, I, I kind of think of it as, you know, if we're providing customer service and they send us an email saying, Hey, I'm trying to use this, I'm trying to use your voice action and it's not working. We can then say, well, okay, who are you? Yeah. And, you know, they need to give us some identifier that we can link them to something. Right. Right. So um, account linking, um, I'm sure this is probably similar to on the Google side, um, at least you know, the, the account linking that we have on Alexa is based on um, um, OAuth 2 um, and it uh, uses the, uh, well, it's, it uses the auth code grant to, to do that. And there are certain keys that, that you configure inside of the, yep. the console for Alexa saying this is, um, you know, this is where I go to get the information. You know, this is where I can redirect to get to the login page. Um, and there are some you know, different keys and things to set up, but uh, that's a one-time configuration setting that you make on the, on the voice app in general. And then, um, then when they get their, their login uh, prompt, um, then they're redirected, like you say, to, a, to some web yeah, page. So you know to, what? That, yeah. that occurred. Let's actually take a step back again. Yeah. and kind of mention what is OAuth and, and why does it exist? You know, and I think one of the things a lot of people forget is OAuth 2, you know, stems from, from earlier generations trying to address some of the, the problems we were seeing with single sign-on. Yeah. You know, you know, that people were creating uh, accounts on every single system and needing some way to connect those systems together. So, in a secure way, right? In a secure way without having to say, well, okay, uh, I need to send stuff on your behalf to Twitter. Why don't you just give me your password on Twitter and I'll do it for you? Or, you know, I need to send email on your behalf. Just give me your Gmail password and trust me. Or your bank account login. Right, your... you know, so, so what OAuth does is it lets the, the and I'm gonna, let, let me, let me, take a time out and say that security professionals and OAuth experts will probably pick apart a lot of the terminology we're about to use. Tough. Um, I, I think it's more important that we try to be clear rather than be, uh, you know, follow the terminology exactly correctly. You know, so, so OAuth and OAuth 2 were ways to basically say, here's how I can grant a voice action in, in our case. Mm -hmm certain permissions on this other service somewhere yeah. and how that voice action can know that, that that other service can say, here's who you're talking about without having to hand over passwords, without having yeah. to hand over trust credentials and letting 
these systems negotiate certain trust credentials on their own. So, you know, again, and, and, and to a certain degree, try to be as uh, more transparent to the user of what information they're allowing to be uh, trans, you know, handoff. Um, exactly. I, I think one of the things people forget is that the, the auth in OAuth stands for uh, not just authentication, who are you, but also authorization. What are you allowed to do? What access right. do you, are yeah. you allowed to give? So OAuth 2 is, is this way that systems have uh, can coordinate with each other and say, okay, I trust this system and the user is also trusting this system to some degree. Mm -hmm. Maybe not too much, but at least to some degree. Um, and, and that negotiation can now take place. So we can get certain allowed information right. where we want it. And in these cases, uh, it's, Basically, you know, permission saying, yeah, tell, you can tell this person who I am. And that's about the basics. Right. So um, let's talk a little bit about how you kick off one of these um, authorization flows. Um, so in Alexa, there's a number of different ways you can do it. Um, when you go to the skill store, you see the, you say, oh, I like this skill. I want to go ahead and use it. You go to the detail page, you can enable it. And right there, it's going to tell you if uh, account linking is is required um, so you can uh, then at that point in time uh, you're you know either on your mobile phone or you're uh, looking at skills or on a web page and then you can go right there and do the that account linking that, that's um, a useful way to that's a useful way to get started yeah. so uh it's it's in some ways i think the flow could be a little bit better because it's just like this little button link saying you can account link here and you're like i don't know do I want to? Yeah, what does that mean? Um, yeah, because on, on Alexa, you can either start up a skill and say, oh no, this, this whole thing requires account linking. There's nothing I can do here. So just I'm just going to give you this message that, hey, um, I need to account link. Here's a card I'm sending you to the Alexa app. Go there, do that first before you go anywhere else because there's really nothing you can do here without logging in. Or now that they've added this ability that you can start using this skill and maybe there's things that you can do without being logged in. Maybe it's some general information or, or something, but then when you get to a point where um, they need to know who you are, then um, I, the, the account linking card happens. So that's that's kind of the, the, the second part would be you're starting in the voice experience and you're asking to do something and then you get to this point, once again, like, similar to permissions where it's like, okay, stop everything here. I'm just letting you know you can't go farther until you uh, link accounts. Um, and sends you a card and then you can go leave the voice experience and go to your Alexa app, whether it be web or, or mobile, and then go ahead and complete account linking at that point in time. So those now, are, are kind of the, the approaches that you could use to, to account link. Yeah, now, now that's pretty interesting in some ways because uh, in on the Google side, um, they've always strongly encouraged this notion of uh, letting people in without requiring account linking. Although there was always an option to say, starting this uh, in, in Dialogflow, for example, um, starting through this intent requires account linking. But that was always heavily discouraged. And the review team would actually uh, ding you in some cases and say, you know, look, we tested this and there are some things you can do without requiring account linking. Uh, reconsider how you've structured this. And I've, I've spent, in some cases, weeks trying to restructure to say, to, to have a demo mode and to have an example, you know, yeah. to have example mode so that 
um, you didn't need to log in before you can at least try things out. And I think, I think users, people who are using your app, um, want to get started, get in and get started and get a feel for it, and then say, eh, okay, do I, do I trust this enough to log in? Yeah, I think that's and, important. And that, is, that, the, that is something to be uh, aware of. If you, if you kind of think about uh, uh, things like permissions, uh, asking the user for permissions or asking for account linking, think of them as, as uh, little speed bumps down the road. At some point, though, they might just get annoyed and turn around and go back and not, yeah. And well, and then of, actually, and then I think actually leads to the next question is how does, how does Alexa handle if you don't account link when you're prompted to do so? What, what tools do you have to deal with it then? Um, it, it's, it's basically just the same experience. You'll go back in the voice app and it'll say, hey, you need to account link. It's, there's nothing really um, well, that's interesting. that you can do about that. What does Google do? Well, I mean, Google can let you do that, but what, um, there is an intent that gets triggered basically after account linking takes place, whether or not the person approved the link. And you'll find out, you know, either here's who this person is, here's a permanent identifier for them, or they rejected account linking. And then it's up to you to say, well, okay, what do I do now? And you can say yeah. things like, well, you didn't link, bye, and kick, out, kick the person out, or give them the degraded experience and warn them yeah. they still have this degraded experience. Or, you know, it, it, or just, you know, go into this endless loop saying, well, can you log in now, please? Um, and that, that really now turns into what the conversation designer and the developer wanted to do. You know, what, yeah. what experience do you want to have users when they say they don't trust you? Uh, how, and how do you earn their trust? Yeah, no, no, that, that is definitely a whole, a whole side of things on the, um, like you say, on the conversation design and, and, um, it highlights the, the fact that you should design your app ahead of time, um, or at least think about, okay, am, am I going to add account linking uh, at some point? Or, um, and what should the experience be with and without? And try yeah. to figure that out before jumping in and just saying, oh, okay, now I'm going to add account linking because that could require rework. Right, and I think also you need to be clear, you know, you need to have a, a clear focus on what are going to be the advantages of account linking. If you're just doing it to do it, well, that's not a really good reason. But if you're doing it so that you can do things like, you know, present high score tables on a website, or you need to access their files in Dropbox or Google Drive, you know, yeah. those, are, those are reasons why you need account linking. And, you know, exactly. There's not a lot you can no. do without them. <laughs> yeah. So uh, earlier I had mentioned the tale of two logins. In, in, the, in Alexa's case, you've got your Amazon account um, that you then link to Alexa. And so there is this, the, the first account that you need to worry about is the login with Amazon um, account. So it's, it's uh, in the case of uh, if you're going into the Alexa app, then you'll be prompted for a login for your Alexa app. And, and then you're already in the context of, of that uh, uh, a, the Amazon login, uh, or and then the second one is the actual account um, of the person that's in your other system, in your proprietary system, the one that is um, more likely than not being uh, protected by um, OAuth. Um, and, and this is where the name account linking comes from. Right. So you're linking two different accounts. Yeah. Um, and so everything that we've talked about on the Alexa side so far has been in this uh, this idea that I go to 
my, my Amazon account first and I get past that step and now I want to link to this account that is my proprietary account. So uh, Alexa has uh, introduced something new called app to app account linking, which flips it around. So let's say you're going in and you log into your website or you log into your mobile app. So now you're, you've, you've done that first login, your proprietary login first, and they want to be able to provide some sort of a button or link that would then start up this, uh, this linking, which would then take you to the login with Amazon link. Um, so then, then you do, so they just, they flipped it around and it sounds really great. And, and we've tried to do that. <laughs> and it, the, it, it was, it was new enough. And one of the uh, problems is uh, too, is that if you're using a, like a third party um, authentication provider, uh, like Auth0, which was what we were using. I was going to say, and, and let's take a, working. And let's take a moment to say that if you are not, if you don't already have OAuth and you want to roll it yourself, don't and use Auth0 instead. And there are others, but Auth0 is one of the best out there, I think. Yeah. So, but unfortunately, we got uh, you know two thirds of the way through the the whole flow. Um, and we even reached out to Auth0, we reached out to Amazon and, and got to a point where they, they couldn't do it with, um, you couldn't do account, app to app account linking with Auth0. And I, huh. I, I still don't understand all the technical reasons or why it would be implemented in such a way that you couldn't use a third party provider. Um, but it seemed like that you had to own your own Auth server to be able to do stuff, to be able to do the app to app account linking, which, if that's the case, then that severely limits its uh, effectiveness. It does, but that, that actually sounds similar. I, and I'm wondering just how much overlap there is between that and the OAuth-based Google sign-in streamlined linking, which is the <laughs> least streamlined name I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, and because one, what it requires as well is modifications of standard OAuth endpoints to handle new token types. Um, mm. That, that oh, might be very similar, actually. Yeah, I'm actually wondering if that's it. Because um, basically what that ends up happening is that uh, under that name, which I'm not going to repeat again, um, <laughs> Google sends over an ID token and there needs to be to your, directly to your OAuth server. And there needs to be some way for that OAuth server to handle it and do something with it. Uh, yeah, because so it, needs, it needs to be able to access, it needs to refresh. Um, I don't know. That does sound very similar. That does sound similar. Now, yeah. yet yet another thing I, I don't have time to look further into. Um, but the other thing that strikes me about it, though, is it sounds two things. One is that it sounds like it works would work really well when you're trying to do things like or use some features like um, quick links. You know, being yeah. able to set up auth and then send you right in. Yeah, so, so interestingly, I'll, I'll talk about what we ended up doing instead and then how that does play, because I wasn't exactly thinking how Quick Links could uh, help the process. So what we ended up doing, because um, we did like the idea, um, it seems to be less confusing to the user because, there, uh, and it's a little less confusing probably on the Google side because when you have to enable an Alexa skill, then you get to invoke it for the first time. Um, which is a little confusing 
And when they're starting there from the very first time, and then they immediately hit something which they need to leave that experience to go do log in someplace else, um, and then go back. It's just oh my, there that would be so painful to to users to do that. Yeah, I um, can see that. And so what we ended up doing, we you know we have a mobile app and uh, and a web app, and um, we wanted the the person to go be able to go through the the login sign up process for an account but then part of that setup would be uh, one of the steps would be allow them to uh, connect with their alexa and so what we ended up doing is um, generating a unique time sensitive uh, um, registration code and what that basically does is says this registration code links to this uh, special id or this email address that's the key to everything in the in the other system, um, and then they can go to their voice experience and say, you know, Alexa, register code one two three four five. Um, at which point, it you know, invalidates that registration code, passes that information that you need, and then stores it in the the data store that's that's specific to um, to your account, what you're already using to, to you know, persist data inside of your voice app, and then uh, then you're good to go. That now you've already, and in fact, now you've actually only had to do one login. Um, now, now let me actually, did you get that past the review team? Yes. Ooh, we have a number of different voice experiences out there that do exactly that. I'm not sure that would get past the Google review team because Google review would look at that and say, you need to use account linking. Yeah, we did have this one where it said, we recommend that you use account linking. Um, so, but it, it still, it still passed. So interesting, very interesting. Maybe, 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 uh, <laughs> maybe we, hopefully the review team is not watching this right yes, now. Yes, don't pass oh. this along to any review team that might be, but what that does, which I think was really cool is the fact that when you do, um, account linking, uh, sorry, uh, quick links um, with Alexa, specifically the custom task quick links because you get to pass data along with it instead of just launch it. You could pass that unique registration code. And what happens when you do a click link um, is that um, it enables and invokes it at the same time, which you get past that issue. It's it introduces a login again because what ends up happening is that when you click on the quick links, if you're not logged into your login with Amazon account, then that happens and then you get presented with a list of devices that you can then send this to. Um, yeah, but that, that's But then, that's but okay. then it kicks off yeah. and what ends up happening is, is that you deep link right into that registration code, at which point you can then verify that the registration happened and you can say, you are now registered, welcome to blah, blah, blah. Now, and then you, they can start using the skill immediately. That's it's, no, that's, it's a it's a brilliant approach, and I think it's a great use of, of quick links for that as well. Um, it is interesting though that that I, I think the other uh, thing that that this was trying to do, skipping back half a subject or so, yeah. um, is duplicate what Google Sign In for Assistant is is doing, because Google can just leverage that automatically, and they know that a lot of people are already using Google Sign In. Um, which is in some ways related to what Google's trying to do with what they're now calling app flip, which is a weird terminology <laughs> that took me, I'm still not sure I fully understand it. I, I think, and it's still experimental, 
Um, it has the notion, one of the things that you can do on your, on both Android and iOS is log into an app and save its credentials as part of, in the operating system. So that your operating system is now managing those credentials. And this basically says, well, if you already have an app, either for Android or iOS, use those credentials for your account linking and we won't make you log in again. We'll just flip over to the app, you log in, however you log in there, and now we'll flip back to the voice and you're linked. Oh, that's interesting. At least that's the theory. And it, it, it looks like it works with uh, Google sign-in and the streamline, whatever. Um, but I haven't, I haven't dug into those details too much. Is that, is that recently new then? That I believe was announced within the past year or so. Okay. So I don't know, you know, we, we kind of breeze through that because uh, OAuth, you can really get into the weeds when you're talking about oh, yeah. authentication. Um, so I'm sure we will revisit a lot of these topics again over time uh, and, yeah, and, well, and go into and some of the details. It'll, it'll see how uh, it'll be interesting to see how things evolve too. You know, if that's um, if people, I guess, if users are okay with the the flow as more and more um, voice apps are out there, if they're okay, if if there's going to be pushback, if there's going to be improvements, or yeah. or, you know, or are things have improved as much as they can be improved well, for a voice I, experience. Yeah. I think the other thing is one of the things it exposes is how much OAuth relies on a visual uh, component. Yeah. It, it, it relies on certain elements being able to go to somebody else's website. And we don't have that on voice. We, we literally can't do it that way. So um, I don't know, we'll, we'll see both how the, the auth landscape itself changes and how users work with it and how we deal with permissions and lots and lots of other stuff. But, right, one of, the, one of the interesting things that, you know, that I know people are working on is, is using your voice as your identity and yeah. being able to, you know, at, at some point, um, get the recognition to a point where they know who you are and you could have done these different authorization things someplace else. And then now you're just using your voice. Um, I know that's, that seems like a, a, a day that's um, still quite a ways away, but. Uh, I, I think so. And I also have significant reservations about using biometrics for all stages of authentication. Yeah, it would have to definitely be something that pairs it with something else. Um, yeah, but again, but, we're, yeah. you know, fortunately, we're seeing two-factor authentication being more and more baked into things like OAuth, so. Yeah, I, and I wouldn't, the thing is, I wouldn't be opposed to starting up a voice app experience and um, having to then uh, enter in a PIN or, or something that I get sent on my phone. I, I wouldn't be against that at all, but that seems like that would not, uh, yeah. that, that would be protecting, you know, me, especially if I was wanting to put some of my financial stuff uh, on voice. Certainly, certainly it's a reasonable thing. And I think it can be done reasonably if, if it's tackled correctly. And yeah. that's, that's always the big question. No, exactly. But auth, auth is tricky. Auth is hard. It's, I think, literally, I think seriously, most of the questions that I would get for a long time on Stack Overflow were surrounding auth issues and account linking and 
how do I get permissions to do this and so forth and so on. It's, it's a tough, it's yeah. a tough problem and doing it right requires a lot of careful work. So, you know, I always encourage people, you know, if you're going to do this, use the existing tools that are out there. Use tools like Auth0 where you can. Use Google sign-in or sign-in with Facebook or Apple sign-in or any of the existing tools that are out there because doing it yourself is just hard to get it right. And yeah, it is. you really don't want to be the headlines next month on the, you know, several thousand accounts in a data breach. Right, that's true. So on that cheery note, <laughs> um, always, you know, I, I am sure we're gonna be revisiting this conversation again in the future as things change and, you know, to go into more and more details because it's, it's the kind of thing I think as developers, we need to get into the details on. Yeah. Well, here's another episode of Two Voice Devs. So we're just talking a little bit about authentication and authorization. Um, uh, hopefully you can use those uh, tools in your, um, in your apps and we would love to hear from you on, on your experience or, or insights as well. As always, if you've got questions or comments, feel free to reach out to us. Uh, I think we're both pretty easy to get a hold of and pretty easy to talk with. So we look forward to having these conversations again with you. So right. thanks Take again care. for Two Voice Devs. Two Voice Devs. Take care, everyone. <laughs>